0: Revival is that strange and sovereign work of God in which he visits his own people, restoring, reanimating, and releasing them into the fullness of his blessing. Revival is ultimately Christ himself seen, felt, heard, living, active, moving in and through his body on earth. Listen to the beginning of that statement again. Revival is that strange and sovereign work of God in which he visits his own people. We've been praying Psalm 85, verse 6 in recent weeks. Will you not revive us again that your people might rejoice in you? 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. We've been in all week and we're going to Be there for a few moments today. If my people, which are called by my name. Oh, stop. Ophir was right. Revival is that strange and sovereign work of God in which he visits his own people. So when God says, if my people, which are called by my name, that's the people of revival, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, that's the prerequisites for revival. God said, I will hear from heaven, will forgive their sin, and will heal their land. Certainly if God hears us, certainly if God restores us, certainly if God heals our land, that would be restoring, reanimating, releasing us into the fullness of his blessing once again. So, 2nd Chronicles chapter 7 verse 14. We began yesterday talking about the prerequisites for revival. And really it's just one prerequisite, basically prayer. But in that 714 of 2 Chronicles, um, the author uses four different words that are in the prayer family. He says, if my people will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked way. So yesterday we looked at that word humble and it has the idea of bending the knee or brokenness. God resists the proud, but God gives grace to the humble. And so as we approach God, we approach God in humility, not in pride. And the word pray that we're going to look at today, my people humble themselves and pray. This word has the idea of selflessness, selflessness. That specific word for pray means to intervene to interpose, to mediate. the common word that we understand is to intercede. But it's interesting. The root word of that word pray means to judge oneself habitually. Listen again. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and practice a prayer in which they're continually, habitually judging themselves. What does that mean? That means we pray introspectively. Now, I know our prayers are directed toward God, our Father, which art in heaven. Our Father, we focus on the Father and pray. Later on in that passage, though, he says, uh, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us, or forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those that trespass against us. And so if we really seek the Lord for forgiveness, we must go introspective and judge ourselves habitually. Now, there's a couple thoughts here I want, to, I want to share with you about that. First of all, that, that's going to demand self-dethroning, self-dethroning, which if we humble ourselves, then we remove ourselves from the throne of our hearts and we re-enthrone Jesus in our hearts. And so we're self-dethroning as we're coming to the Lord. Number two, we're self-judging, self-judging. Romans chapter number 8, verse number 26, says that God searches our hearts. That's interesting. God searches our hearts. So I need to live my life, I think, aware of the fact that God is always searching my heart. But are you aware also that it's healthy to search your own heart? If we're going to humble ourselves and pray, self-judging or self-evaluating. Humble themselves and pray. Self-searching. Psalm 139 verse 23 says, Search me, O God. Know my heart. Try me. Know my thoughts. Search me investigate me, examine me thoroughly, know my heart, perceive, distinguish my heart, try me. That means examine, test, prove, scrutinize me, know my thoughts. What he's saying is he's searching his heart and he's asking God to search his heart. Then he says in verse 24, after he says, search me, know my heart, try me, know my thoughts, and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. It's interesting that word wicked comes from a word which means idle, I-D-O-L. An idol is anything or anyone that we've allowed to exalt itself or themselves above Jesus in our lives. An idol doesn't have to be a trinket hanging from a necklace. An idol doesn't have to be a statue in your living room. An idol is anything or anyone that is exalted in your heart and in your life above Jesus. That's why Jesus said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. So if revival is going to come to a person or a people, we must pray. And that word pray means to habitually self-judge. Psalm 139. Search me, know my heart. Try me, know my thoughts. Reveal to me any idol in my life and lead me in the way everlasting Jonathan Goforth once said, if revival is being withheld from us, do you kind of feel like revival is being withheld from you? If revival is being withheld with from us, it's because some idol remains still enthroned. Like is there a roadblock to you and it seems like the heavens are closed to your praying, and you just can't seem to get to that point of being revived? Some idol remains still enthroned. Because we insist in placing our reliance in human schemes because we still refuse to face the unchangeable truth that is not by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Humble ourselves, pray, self-judging. Will you be bold enough? Will you have the courage to pray this day? Search me, O God. Know my heart. Try me. Know my thoughts. And see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting.